0: hello everyone welcome back to another episode of the scratch cinema podcast we are again joined by charlotte little and charlotte it's it's been a big week for you congratulations on a couple things one on a law degree and then also charlotte has some news related to scratch cinema that that i will let her share hello charlotte
1: thank you chase um thanks uh for your welcome and I just wanted to say that I have been invited to join Scratch Cinema as a co-creator, which is really exciting, and I can't wait to get started. Um, I didn't think a year ago that I would even be writing, let alone be part of the platform in this way. So yeah, really great news.
0: Yeah, for those that don't know, what what would you say is your, your work as a co-creator that you're going to be doing?
1: So... Um, with others there there's uh, two more of us, Kaya and uh me. So um we'll just be joining the team and helping run the, the website and um just kind of more of a, a management kind of role.
0: hmm That's exciting. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah,
1: it's great. And um you know we have lots of ideas and hopefully be revamping a few things and yeah it's um it's exciting.
0: And you also got your, your law degree, which is, which is yeah. big. you you've been getting a lot of stuff done.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. Um, 2020 didn't stop me. So, but yeah, um, it's lovely. It's amazing. I didn't think, you know, four years ago. I'm just a little naive student, but here I am. You did. And
0: Congratulations.
1: Now I'm stressed out into the big, bad world of adulthood. <laughs>
0: You got it. We're we're all we're all figuring it out together. I had also seen a couple things you had written. One for Scratch Cinema, which was about the documentary on Netflix, and then the other was about Hunchback of Notre Dame for Film Days that we we had talked about a little bit briefly, I think, before. But yeah, I just what what has it been like working on those, and what what would you say your kind of conclusion was revisiting uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, and then also. What's the What's the documentary on Netflix called again?
1: It's called a Crip Camp, a Crip Camp, a Disability Revolution.
0: And it's um, a, from what I've heard, it's a really interesting analysis of this movement and real camp that was in mm-hmm. Woodstock, New York, in 1971,
1: right? Yeah, um, and it's an Obama produced uh, documentary his second one of those
0: right because he had had the one about the uh factory and now this is yes yeah yeah
1: um so when I saw the trailer for that I was just astounded that this sort of feature was being made let alone like celebrated Mm -hmm. on the Netflix social media so I was really excited to watch it and it came out a few months ago in March I think and um, it was just, it was so insightful and it it blended all these perfect um, combinations of, like, humor, of just death and also anger and just, it was so authentic and um, it's definitely, you know, whether you're disabled or not, I think everyone should watch it. It's a really fantastic film.
0: Gotcha. well, that's good to hear uh I'd been meaning to check it out and just hadn't hadn't had time, but I definitely had had it on my list and we'll we'll definitely check it out um and then but it's
1: definitely like kind of um woodstock kind of vibes mm-hmm. you know um it is really interesting and it's a lot of um actual footage from the seventies and eighties and about the disability rights movement and you know, all these interviews with the people now. So, yeah, it's um, definitely recommended watch the great documentary.
0: Awesome. So you'd say it's a necessary history and education to, to learn about for anybody?
1: Very much needed, yes.
0: <laughs> oh, well, that's awesome. And then before we kind of get into our main thing, which is still talking about Kelly Reichardt films, you mm-hmm. you had written, and I think it was in the magazine that Film Days puts out? They're, they're yeah, their
1: latest issue.
0: Yeah, um, sorry, issue.
1: Yeah, magazine issue. Yeah. Um, and it was the loneliness and isolation issue, which is fun. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I decided to pitch to them and I wanted to write about uh, disability and loneliness because um, it is quite a common trope, I feel, in films and TV. And um, I decided to write about uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, the animation. And it it was tough as in because I actually like the film from a nostalgic point of view. Like it mm-hmm. is a it's a great animation with great, you know, musical numbers and everything, but I think once you pick it apart and kind of the problems of the characterization of quasimodo and I found out like about the original source and how Disney had basically rewritten it to make Claudio Mato like you know not um admirado's true love, so yeah it was I thought it was necessary to write about it though
0: mhm, yeah, well, I definitely would say check people out check that out i I had read a lot of what other people were writing there as well, and thought it thought it was a bunch of good stuff. Yeah, there were
1: some really good pieces, so yeah, um, definitely check out the issue.
0: And then what you had just recently watched before we started recording was Kelly Reichardt's first movie, um, Mm -hmm. who we're going to be talking about probably for a a long time with this episode, especially some of the the ones we've both seen together. You saw River of Grass, which was her first movie. It's a pretty short, only about an hour, 15 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I think you had said it was good for a first movie, but it's, it's still very clearly her kind of finding her voice, but yeah, what did you, yeah. what did you think of River of Grass?
1: Um, well, so my experience with Kelly, first of all, <laughs> I used to get, because I had never heard her name being pronounced, I'd mm-hmm. only seen like her name written. And before I kind of got into art house film, I used to get her mixed up with Richard Kelly. <laughs> Oh, no! <laughs> which is just so embarrassing. Oh,
0: no, that's kind um, of interesting. There's some similarities <laughs> that they maybe have,
1: yeah, their names are just switched the other way around yeah. <laughs> to me anyways, so um, but yeah, so I the first film i I kind of did like a backwards chronological exploration of her films, mm-hmm. um so it was interesting to see. A reverse progression of her finding her voice mm-hmm. um and with river of grass from 95 right
0: 94 i think 94. was when it was made and then got some release in 95 yeah
1: yeah and um i really i did enjoy it and i really enjoyed the concept um and i think i realized how she managed to find her voice in depicting like rural stories about kinda everyday ordinary mm-hmm. folk that don't necessarily get that much attention in cinema. Um mm-hmm. so it was, it was interesting to see how that's developed
0: mm-hmm. throughout her career. Yeah. And it's kinda interesting because I think more people should know her as as the director that she is. And I don't want to, like, then wade into the controversy that came up a while ago. But she had given an interview where she sort of talked about the characters she likes to play or have portrayed in her movies. And she had made reference in, like, a very offhanded example talking about, like, these, like, hyper-masculine people that sort of are in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where it's, like, basically a fantasy mm-hmm. And she was like these macho men, like it It just seems beyond belief. And I think mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing. But then people just sort of took that and were like, oh, she's like going at Tarantino. But to me, these stories of kind of like oftentimes quieter, smaller characters mm-hmm. that feel very authentic and real, whereas Tarantino is like very bombastic and over the top. And if if you like that, that's that's all good. But I don't know what I kind of like about Kelly's films is her just like sort of very subtle quiet attention that some people have called minimalist even though i think it's just like very character driven Mm -hmm. and river of grass was certainly a lower budget work and it probably in comparison if if you were to start with this you might be a little put off but i would say it's more of just like interesting to see her trying things out i think she hadn't edited on this one and she only got to edit on it later Mm -hmm. and oftentimes you can kind of find the film in the edit um but I don't know, it was interesting to see with a very low budget, simple idea, kind of begin to work it out. Even if it doesn't quite pull it all off perfectly, I still think it's it's interesting as like a completionist to kind of see the development of a, a director's work. Um, but you had said to me that you don't think you could have watched it if it was much longer before it <laughs> started. I was I was going to ask, what did, you, what did you mean by that?
1: Because, well, I had watched her other films. Um... And although, like you said, they're quite character driven and uh small details, and that I was still like gripped like mm-hmm. I was because I was invested in the characters whereas with the debut, although I really liked the story, like the plot um I wasn't as interested in the characters mm-hmm. um, I didn't necessarily. Care is the wrong word, but, you know, I, I, I you wasn't as intrigued. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and um, but
1: obviously she learned to develop that.
0: Hmm. And yeah, uh-huh. and it's not like a, a knock on her. We're starting off kind of in a negative place, so we can, we can move on from this pretty quick. <laughs> but I I was like, wow, this is really interesting to kind of see hints of what was coming next. Mm-hmm. And because um, then I was going to reference the, the next movie because she has more movies than this, but we're just, kind of just talking about some of them um the movie wendy and lucy which you haven't seen so i'll only talk briefly about but wendy and lucy is there a
1: dog in it
0: yes there is a dog yeah
1: i really want to watch
0: it it's it's really good it's and i love
1: michelle
0: yeah she's fantastic um and she she is basically there the whole time and carries the whole movie and what the premise of the movie is is she's traveling across the country just in her beat-up car trying to find somewhere to go work. She's sort of hinting at, I think, Alaska is where she wants to go, but you aren't sure if it's entirely real or just sort of pipe dream. And when her car breaks down, she finds herself really struggling to figure out how to handle the situation, especially when her dog goes missing and she has to track him down. And I won't... I know. I was gonna say, (laughs) it's a very cute trailer and poster and you're like, oh, it's like a just a person and their dog but mm, as a heads but it's up not. <laughs> i mean i won't say it's like like so so sad there's there is a lot of sadness in it but it still is just like very enthralling and engaging to see her go through all these very real problems trying to fix everything when it's just like one thing after another kind of keeps adding up and i don't know it's it's very simple but it's really good I won't spoil anything, but you don't need to be, like, sad. <laughs> no, about like, the I'm dog... so,
1: like, no, I know.
0: <laughs> I will say it doesn't, like, become, like, over-the-top sad. It's sort of a more, like, realistic sad because she ends up having to make a choice about what is best for Lucy the dog. That's the title, Wendy and Lucy. Um, <laughs> the only other person she really has an interaction with the movie is um, the security guard, who I don't even think he's really named. I think his name is just the character or the actor's name. Mm-hmm. and she runs into a few other people but he's mainly a guy who when she initially parks her car in the parking lot asks her to move it and it's broken down so she has to literally push it onto a side street and after an initially kind of confrontational thing where he's doing his job they sort of form a bond i don't know mm-hmm. it's it's very sad but i was like wow this is really good it's also pretty short it's only like an hour and 20 minutes but it feels mm-hmm. much longer and i mean that in a good way because it's sort yeah. of just, Oh, we're going through each single step by step of dealing with this crisis and one thing leads to a next did you ever really did you ever see the movie never uh rarely sometimes always that came out recently
1: oh no i didn't get a chance to know.
0: it kind of reminded me of that
1: okay i'll just take just both was, of those in my watch
0: yeah just because it was both kind of just about very detail oriented step by step by step um
1: mm-hmm.
0: i don't know it was good though. I okay, think have... I'm
1: gonna love it because Michelle Williams is a
0: I know, host. and she's great. <laughs> she's I...
1: great in everything.
0: Yeah. She's she... a really
1: good singer too. Like, I know. Um and great showman. <laughs> um but I-, I watched Blue Valentine's a couple of months ago. And I watched I it, it
0: recently too. And it's oh. it's painful, but she's really, really good.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know why I watched Blue Valentine. I think I watched Now I always
1: forget she's in Brookbat Mountain too.
0: Yeah, she's she's always just she... really really good in everything that you almost forget it's her, which is a testament to her as an actor. That she exactly. she's in the movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched uh, Blue Velvet, or wait, no, Blue Valentine, <laughs> not Blue Velvet. Blue no, please
1: not Blue Velvet. <laughs> I
0: know. I watched Blue Valentine on July third because I think it was going off Netflix on July fourth. And I was like, oh, I should watch it on the 4th because it kind of ends with like a 4th of July fireworks, but like the context mm-hmm. is really sad. I don't know. It's, uh-huh. it's painful. It, it was.
1: I didn't know sadness could be so beautiful.
0: <laughs> I know, yeah. And it, it kind of makes sense that then that director of that movie went on to make very similar kind of sad movies, but I think it was missing Michelle Williams because she she in like very subtle ways was really good at carrying things and having very little emotions kind of be expressed very particularly that it doesn't feel like she's ever acting it feels like you're literally there with her trying to f- have her mm-hmm. fix her car or deal with all these things in the case of wendy and lucy mm-hmm. uh, she
1: has such a nuanced style of acting mm-hmm. um, and it's not it's not COVID, like it's not over the top no uh, yeah it just it's so controlled
0: Which is why it's interesting that um, because you haven't seen Meeks Cut Off either, so I won't Uh I won't go too much into it. But it also stars Michelle Williams, but Mm -hmm. it's It's a a
1: western type thing, right?
0: Kind of. I I say that people
1: said it was.
0: (laughs) Would say it is that. I would say it's a very sort of interesting reflection on western movies because it's at a certain point following some conventional aspects of it, where it's like people trying to get from one place to another, dealing with trials and tribulations, but there's no like sort of over-the-top like moment where they have to fight off wolves or like do anything. It's just about these characters basically getting lost, where Meek in this case is supposedly the man they've hired to direct them to where they're going, and Michelle Williams is just part of the posse that's traveling, but is very slowly beginning to realize that she doesn't really trust him to direct them where they're going. Mm -hmm. And the sound is really interesting. There's oftentimes scenes where you just hear the wagon wheels and no one's talking and it's just very oftentimes dour, but she's sort of just has to be strong as like things get worse and worse and worse. It hasn't a very abrupt ending, but the abrupt ending really works, even though it kind of surprised me. It was like Mm -hmm. night moves we can talk about next, but yeah, yeah, it's a, It's another really good Michelle Williams performance. It's another, it also has Paul Dano in it, who's really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, and I don't know. I think this, it's interesting because then why we're talking about Kelly Reichardt, she made First Cow, which is also kind of a Western, but I feel like as a genre convention, it transcends it so much more because it doesn't, it's not like any Western quote unquote movie I've ever seen, Uh, but it's also really good. Uh-oh.
1: So
0: have you seen it? Yes, meek's seen... cut off
1: no, no, um, first cow,
0: yeah, I saw First Cow. It was one of the last movies I was in theaters for for a press screener. I went with my my friend Austin, and it was really sweet and good, and I won't talk about that barely at all, except maybe at the end it's just kind of a brief preview but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's very different than Meek's cut off. It's much more about like kind of these two people connecting. This is much more of an ensemble piece. Mm-hmm. All the different dynamics of people's distrust, trying to figure out where they're going. It kind of plays back into what I'd said with that interview she gave, where she was talking about these macho men. In this case, Meek is the macho man. Like he's just sort of gruff and like telling all these stories, but he's clueless. He has no idea where they're going. He's just leading them all around the Oregon desert. And it pretty much becomes clear that he's guessing and doesn't really have any sort of direction. I don't know. It's it's really interesting. Um, it's very beautifully shot. You get to see a lot of the landscapes and a lot of things going on. But yeah, Meeks cutoff is is real good. Um,
1: yeah, I'll you, definitely you add it to the watch list.
0: Yeah, I know. We're just, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just adding all these ones. You you have seen Night Moves though, yeah?
1: Yeah. Um, I watched it a few months ago on movie. So,
0: what did you what did you think of Night Moves?
1: Um, because I was getting more into like eco thrillers and mm-hmm. it was my first kelly film um and i'm not actually the biggest fan of eisenberg but i like yeah Elle fanning a lot and um i really liked it i really i it wasn't what i expected it was a lot slow because i didn't know kelly's films it was a lot slower than i expected um and but it was really gripping. Like I say, like you get really invested and, and it it was almost like a to me it was like a slow burner. Mm-hmm. Um and it was a really interesting kind of exploration of environmentalism. Um mm-hmm. and how how we protest. Um and yeah, I, I thought it was really good.
0: You were saying it wasn't what you expected going in. What was it that you had expected when you kind of seen it
1: because it was um kind of labeled as an eco thriller i was just expecting a lot more um have you seen little joe
0: no i haven't
1: no um i think i was just expecting like angry plants or or Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know more like uh environmental disaster more Mm -hmm. just a lot more like action i guess Mm -hmm. um but um I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Um it's definitely you get it's quite tense, which yeah, I Yeah, Very
0: consistently.
1: Mm-hmm. And it slowly builds it up.
0: Yeah.
1: And and, and you start to realise it I but I don't think it's it's like quite overt in the way it messages the seriousness of what mm-hmm. they're doing. I think right. it lets you gradually realize oh wait like what have they done
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: what have they lost their way kind of thing
0: yeah because for for those who don't know it's about sort of these three environmentalists who are trying to blow up a hydroelectric dam and mm-hmm. this is a little bit of a spoiler area that we're getting into because if you don't know going into it it's sort of it's just like oh they're going through all these tasks like they're getting a boat they're making a call Mm -hmm. there and there's this tension to it but it seems almost very simple and mundane Mm -hmm. but because of the secrecy and the they get fake ids and they have to buy something without really knowing about it because without anyone figuring out what it is and they are very testy about it and they consider running away and it just kind of feels very very grounded and what's interesting I guess I guess this is spoilers. When they do create the explosion, um, you don't see it. You're sort of with them mm-hmm. in the car. And besides that being a good sort of budget workaround, it it makes sense to where it could have been just very over the top, but would have felt very strange to cut away to like this huge mm-hmm. fiery explosion. Instead, we're just seeing them now, okay, we've done it. Our lives have changed forever. We now have to deal with that. And it it isn't a positive thing it sort of is like this small act has potentially ruined our lives and has done largely nothing except maybe to they reveal hurt someone else that was there and mm-hmm. then they have to hide that for the rest of their lives and
1: mm-hmm. i don't know i think what was interesting was that even though they planted that bomb because you see their reactions in the car you feel like they're almost disconnected from what's happened, mm-hmm. like because they didn't witness the aftermath
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and i I think that's quite an interesting take,
0: yeah, because that's almost like they didn't really understand the full weight of mm-hmm. what they were doing until it was too late
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the and what's interesting is that while not quote unquote kids. It's Dakota Fanning and Jesse Eisenberg who are much, much younger. And then there's Peter sarascar's character mm-hmm. who's much older, but he's kind of a recluse. He lives in a trailer and like it's in the woods and he doesn't really seem to make contact with many people. You learn very little about him, but he he feels kind of gross at times and yeah. manipulative <laughs> at others especially as time goes on because he ends up having a romantic encounter with Dakota Fanning's character, but then very quickly turns on her with Jesse Eisenberg's character. And it it all feels just very dour. And I know I've used that word to describe the other one, but it's, it's dour in a different way where it's sort of just these people who make a decision without really thinking through the full implications of what they're doing. But mm-hmm. still desperately trying to do the right thing, even if that right thing ends up destroying their lives, other people's lives. And I think there's even a line where they say, like, you blew up one dam. There's this many more. Like, what was the point of this? Mm-hmm. Was it worth the, the cost of it? And I don't know. Everyone's really good. And also the way it's shot, there's just, like, very interesting quiet scenes of them going along the water.
1: Yeah, and you just you're just like, "Oh my gosh, like something's going to happen." Like I just felt nervous the
0: mm-hmm.
1: whole <laughs> that entire scene of them going through the water.
0: And and certain things do happen. There's a moment where they almost go back to abort the mission because someone mm-hmm. pulls a car up above them and doesn't see them but has like a flat tire and it's just it's interesting because you're very far away and you're just like stuck in the boat with them, which feels very claustrophobic and
1: Yeah. Yeah
0: because it could have very easily cut to him up on the top of the mountain and then cut back and gone back and forth. But instead, you're just like, well, they gave themselves a countdown timer. Do they decide to call it? Do they paddle their way back? And it's like they don't explicitly say all these things, but in all of their eyes looking at each other, like this could all totally fall apart. And uh, it's it's really good. It almost feels, and I this is a quote from the poster, but it does feel like sort of a very Hitchcockian, slow burn of mm-hmm. these people just in this situation where it, it starts off not really understanding the full weight of it, but then just bit by bit it becomes more and more catastrophic. And I don't know. It felt
1: like they lost control.
0: Yeah. Um, and that they never, maybe they never even really had it. That it was the illusion yeah. of control that they thought this mm-hmm. was something they could handle, but they very clearly mm-hmm. couldn't. And what's interesting is you don't learn a lot about peter sarsgaard's character but he seems to imply that he's done stuff like this before
1: yeah i I, I really wanted to know more you know
0: yeah Um, i've thought about that but i also think that it might be that he hasn't that's that's the feeling i get that he's just sort of quite
1: boastful
0: yeah and that he's playing up his own ego it all it all feels like this is a very adventurous tactic that they're taking place in but it's partly about their own ego and self where they're like we have to do this thing like we can't just sit by
1: yeah and it was very nothing. holier than thou at times yeah
0: and, it, um, it and is when an they f- had
1: interactions with other people it felt very um like they were putting on this other persona this kind of mm-hmm. saint-like figure yeah
0: which is why it's interesting where then jesse eisenberg returns and we can get into why you don't like him, but I think it's kind <laughs> okay. of interesting because he's always been a little marmy and snarky. Mm. And for me, this takes him down a peg because he comes back and he's like, he can't tell anyone, but he's expecting everyone to be like, wow, wasn't that a great thing? Like sort of valorize him and let him listen in because he lives, I think, on sort of a, a farm where he works there and mm-hmm. he he comes back and he's sitting in the kitchen and he's listening and they're talking about it, but they're not... Talking about it in a positive way. They're not saying, like, wow, isn't this a wonderful thing these people did? Like, they're Mm -hmm. heroes. They begin to sort of take it down, and it kind of begins to hit him that this was a mistake. And maybe, maybe him doing it for himself just to like feel good and hear people talk positively about him is not a reason to do something like this. And I don't know. He begins to like really become kind of pitiful in some ways. Mm-hmm. especially some of the, the choices he makes towards the end. But he gets kicked out of the farm because the the father of the family that owns it is like, you put my family at risk. I can't mm-hmm. have you being here. And I
1: feel like he tried to escape responsibility.
0: Yeah, he was never willing to, if he was going to do this, say, well, I have to own it. I have to admit that this was a thing I did because Dakota Fanning's character feels much more guilt over it. And then, yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much, but he ends up having to confront her about it and makes a choice that basically makes his character unredeemable, but
1: mm-hmm. it's still
0: horrifying because of the fact that he started off as supposedly this well-intentioned good person who quickly became so despicable. And it's in seeing that kind of dissent that is really what I like about movies like this where it's like oh these are people you rooted for and then it completely shifts and it's like oh these characters we've been with the whole time trying to understand and learn maybe they're not good people
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe i actually didn't really support them from the start
0: yeah
1: i felt like because you had the scenes where they were um like watching documentaries and um, mm. Like as the community, and it all felt very uh, cult-like to me, like mm. indoctrination. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that just like different people have different perspectives on it. And um, but I thought the scene you're talking about, uh, where the people you lived with weren't talking about um, the accident positively, I mm. think that was really crucial to to kind of wrap up what the the consequences are
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um and how you know if sometimes if you truly want to do good then it's not always going to have a positive reaction you know are you doing good because you want to be hailed a hero or are mm-hmm. you doing what you believe is right um yeah. no matter what um people say so i thought that was yeah i thought that was a really important scene
0: Yeah. And I think I think what you're saying about um, it feeling a little bit like a cult. I think there is that hint that there's the mm-hmm. potential for radicalism in this group, and I think that's what's interesting because they become domestic terrorists, but those types of people don't come out of nowhere. Like they are people who at one point
1: they're almost just, groomed, yeah,
0: yeah. That he came to a meeting like wide-eyed and interested and kind of maybe naive, and then. Brought got Brock down this path that led him to this. So when I guess when I'm saying like you you root for them, you're there with them. You empathize with them. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to see them get caught at least. But you don't really think about the consequences. So you're kind of there with them. Even mm-hmm. if you're like, these people are taking it too far, you're you're still in the car with them. You're still not mm-hmm. wanting to see them potentially get hurt. And then to see them turn on each other towards the end. Because you don't even see Peter Sarsgaard's character. He mostly does small phone calls with Jesse Eisenberg's character, and then he's gone. And mm-hmm. Jesse Eisenberg himself, I guess sort of spoiling, he, he has to isolate himself. When he's kicked off the farm, his life is now going to be always hiding from this one thing he did. I don't mm-hmm. know. Why I'm curious. You had said at the beginning that you don't like Jesse Eisenberg. What? <laughs> Why are I'm you just trying curi- to
1: help me? <laughs> no no no.
0: I'm just curious. There's there's no judgment because I, um, I myself have been hit or miss on some of his performances as well.
1: Like I don't think he's a bad actor or anything. I just um I don't know. I think watching him in interviews has kind of tainted Yeah well, my perception of him and I don't <laughs> This sounds silly, but he always looks the same. Like if I compare it to Michelle Williams, she mm-hmm. always looks the same, mm-hmm. but I always like follow the character rather than Michelle Williams. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I watch Jesse Heisenberg I always think it's Jesse Heisenberg and he just he's quite like you said, like um, I I would call him a little bit slimy. Yeah, uh, just that kind of you know the guys that i avoided in university at the pub like just, yeah i don't know he just gives me those vibes i'm not saying he's a bad person or a bad actor but yeah i'm not i should probably watch more of his stuff well that's um, the
0: thing it his sliminess kind of fits when he's in a movie like yeah the, it works social it network. Works, right yeah. yeah if he's mark zuckerberg and meant to be slimy and mm-hmm. oftentimes very rude and awful to people. But then other times where it's like, do you remember the Now You See Me movies where it was like yeah. the magicians and he's like charming and like snapping and doing misdirection with cards? I kind of was like, oh okay, okay.
1: Yeah. So I just it's a complicated relationship.
0: So Yeah. What did you, without sort of I guess going into detail too much, what did mm-hmm. what did you think of the ending of night moves?
1: I thought it wasn't what I expected, because mm-hmm. all all the way through the film, I felt like it was being made up as it went along, which what the characters were obviously doing, they weren't thinking of what happens after we do this, which I mm. quite liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was, it fit. I thought, it, I don't, like I say, I don't want to spoil it, but I thought it was, it was the right ending. Mm-hmm.
0: Because it well, it kind of has the same abrupt stopping Mm -hmm. that a movie like Meek's Cutoff does, where it's like a little bit ambiguous about him potentially being surveilled, or is he just paranoid, or is it that that's his life going to be for all of time from now on, Mm -hmm. or is it just his own isolation that he's never gonna really get to know anyone and that's gonna be his life? it it leaves you with a very particular emotion of real dire sadness that even as he's this despicable person, he has also destroyed his own life in the process. And mm-hmm. it, it, it almost feels just really worthless that it was so much harm and pain and hurt to, to way too many people. And now he's going to have to live with that. And, that life seems absolutely horrifying and in many ways that that is kind of the feeling you're left with it's not it's not a hopeful ending in any regards and is is certainly very pessimistic about whether he is going to ever really be able to have any sort of growth from this i would say the answer is probably no i think his character is at this point if he gets away with everything he's done not really redeemable it's not something that he can sort of just make amends for he's he's made multiple decisions and him just then having to apply for a job at the end in this like really sad gas station. <laughs> like that's, that's going to be his world now. And it was all because of one decision he made that he completely derailed his life and so many others. Um, yeah. I
1: feel like it kind his ending almost circles back to the other character. He's a bit of a recluse. Mm-hmm. and who's obviously made bad decisions and doesn't have many social interactions and hasn't really developed as a person i feel like that's what we see with jesse's character and that's going to
0: be the future he has now too yeah
1: yeah <sighs> Oof, I, <know. laughs>
0: I mean but i like it that a movie then can kind of yeah, make me feel good. this way <laughs> yeah um, did you have any other thoughts about night moves or did you want to talk about certain women? Um,
1: I think I'm done with night moves.
0: <laughs> That's fair. I think
1: everyone should watch I think it's a good film. Don't watch it if you're already sad or if you need <laughs> uplifting, you know. <laughs> um it's a good it's a good film though.
0: Yeah, so I haven't seen certain women, but what 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 is certain women about for, for those people that, that don't know? Because it also has Michelle Williams in it with Laura yes. Dern, Kristen Stewart, a real good cast.
1: Mm-hmm. A really good ensemble. Um, I watched it yesterday and I'm gonna be embarrassed if I get the story wrong, but No, oh you're well. good. <laughs> um, so it's basically three stories, three women. Um and they all interconnect in some way, which was really interesting to see the segue between their stories. Um, and you start off with Laura Dern, who is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, and what was really interesting was that she played a lawyer, and having seen like Marriage Story, Mm what last year, um, it was it was basically the opposite. Of um, her lawyer character in Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just is testament to um, her acting abilities. And um, it's all based in Montana, I think. Um, yeah. I'm not very good with American geography, but, you That's know, okay. just like typical Kelly, like rural, um, small
0: town, fights. Yeah.
1: That kind of, yeah. Um, and, basically she has a disgruntled car um disgruntled client who is trying to get compensation for an accident at work which um gave him a brain injury or something mm-hmm. like that and um and she tries to advise him and he doesn't take it and then she takes him to a male lawyer who tells him the exact same thing, and he he just accepted it, which was yeah. an interesting kind of like interpretation of um men and women in the workplace, especially in the law profession, um and he goes on to hold someone hostage
0: mm-hmm.
1: right um and then and Laura Dern has to step in and talk to him um and then we go into the next story which is about uh Michelle Williams' character and um she's on a campaign trip with her uh with her daughter and with her husband mm-hmm. and it this was quite a more mundane story but still like I was so invested um mm-hmm. and they it was basically um they were just on their way to get, they're trying to build a house and um, they wanted to get some sandstone from this elderly man that they know. And it's just about their interactions um, as a couple, Michelle Williams and her husband. And that was was really poignant, uh, like middle part of the film. And then we go on to... I cannot remember the actress' name.
0: Is it Kristen Stewart?
1: No, it was... She's in this story, but it's not about her. It's about... I can't remember the actress's name. Is
0: it Lily Gladstone?
1: Yeah, Lily Gladstone. And she was really good. And she is basically someone that works on a ranch. And she's in her car one night. And um, she's obviously quite a lonely character. And she's quite reserved and a bit meek. And... Um, she goes out in her car, and she, she sees these people going in to um, this like school building, and she decides to go in. And it's actually a, a school education law class, mm-hmm. and it's Kristen Stewart teaching. Mm-hmm. And uh, they end up going out to the diner, and um, it's just an interesting story about her wanting to find a connection with someone and um the ending because we see we see all of their stories later on Mm -hmm. as the ending and um i don't want to like spoil how they're all connected together but it's definitely an interesting exploration of different women and their stories and their lives and yeah it's really i would say it was my favorite kelly film
0: Mm, okay
1: Even though
0: I've seen three, but. No, no, <laughs> um, no, that's good.
1: Yeah, it, it, it was, I really liked it.
0: What made it your favorite? Because it was very different sounding, because it's like almost vignettes, kind of seemingly interconnected, but that all kind of come together by Yeah, beer.
1: they're based on like short stories. And um, I just think because they're quite, you know, on the face of it, like on on writing they seem like quite ordinary stories that wouldn't necessarily interest many people. The most exciting mm-hmm. thing was the hostage situation, you know. Which right. wasn't even that <laughs> exciting, you know, um, when you watch in the film. But what was, you know, really gripping was just the development of their lives and um yeah, I just I just think I really enjoyed the way that these stories were kind of given, you know, full attention rather mm-hmm. than just like brushed over like mm-hmm. you could in any film there and and that's why it was so interesting <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. and then it almost takes them all very seriously and you get to know everyone very authentically even if it's sometimes not almost movie how you'd expect them to be, where it's like, oh, and then there's this wild thing that happens in this. This feels more down to earth, real life. Even a, it sounds like a hostage situation that is played much more quietly. In some ways, it's less like intense action music, quick cutting. It's it's more of just like, oh, there are all these people going through their lives and and very trying their delicate. best. Yeah,
1: and you know, it's beautifully shot, and the dialogue was you know authentic and um yeah just I just thought it was really well done and really well like it felt like there was smooth transitions Mm -hmm. um, into their stories and it didn't feel like too crazy to go from one person to another like it fit quite well
0: because that's kind of what it all hinges on is if you can be (laughs) with them from each moment where they're going from person to person because mm-hmm. in movies like this where i'm like oh i'm getting to know this one person i really like them oh and they're gone now okay <laughs> oh and now i'm getting to know this one person and then they're gone now but it always is fun where then it works to where a character you initially were like well i like this old character but then you get to learn so much about the new one and it sounds like it does it very effectively and efficiently with with not a, not a huge running time
1: no, and yeah, like I said for the other film, like I think if it was any longer, I would have given up. But no, that's like good, I just though. feel like with Kelly, she just does the perfect. Like she doesn't overindulge. Like she mm-hmm. knows where to just stop. And, she finds and the sweet how spot to keep almost. the pacing. Yeah. Like where some directors just love to show off, mm-hmm. and and I don't think Kelly does that at all. So yeah, it definitely. Um, you should add it to your watch list.
0: So she doesn't overstay her welcome. She she really is set in having it be just the right amount of time.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Gotcha, yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to then briefly, as, as we're getting into kind of the end of Kelly and transitioning into a movie that's coming out, uh, First Cow is, is really good. And it's it's my personal favorite of hers. But. Oh, wow. I I obviously don't know if everyone will think that and I'm going to try not talk too much about it because it's been a long road to get to this movie coming out because it was supposed to come out several months ago. I think mm-hmm. it was where I am. There was a film festival in Olympia where she was supposed to come to it and it was supposed to be the opening night film. It was supposed to be the opening night film in Portland and obviously everything closed down and it was it was a little unfortunate. But I'm glad people are going to get to see it now. It essentially is the story of two friends that figure out how to make a name for themselves in kind of, I, I called them cow hustlers, because that's what my friend had called it when we watched it, and that's what we started calling it, but it's, their name are Cookie and King Lou, and it's just kind of this very Those sweet, are great names. I know, Cookie is a cook, believe it or not, um, mm-hmm. And King Lu, it sort of is alluded to the fact that he's probably on the run from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And they form a bond. They begin working together where there's a cow, the first cow in the territories at that time, because it's also somewhat of a Western. And they begin milking the cow at night and making their own uh, little treats from it and (laughs) making money and selling them and having these aspirations of what to do more. And obviously it becomes a little more complicated towards the ending as to if that's ever achievable, but it's very sweet. It has some of the same stuff that a lot of her films do of just them sort of cleaning and talking together and going about their day. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it. Um, I it, mean, it had
1: the cow. That's enough.
0: I know. <laughs> like, and the whole you whole don't need to sell
1: the... it anymore.
0: The whole story behind the cow is great too, because, um, if you think about it, you have to find a cow for this role. And apparently she, <laughs> got, yeah, she got headshots of different cows to <laughs> evaluate which would be the good cow for it. And like they sent her videos. And I apparently the cow now has a little baby calf and has retired. Oh, I movie. saw
1: that. <laughs> I know.
0: And so the cow is great. Basically, if you want to see it just for the cow, and this is not a spoiler because there were some people who were like, if something happens to this cow,
1: the, yeah, the I
0: cow really is okay. Too. Nothing. Okay. There is no animal abuse on the cow. The cow okay. is very sweet and kind. <laughs> they are very nice to the cow. Um But no, it's it's really interesting. It again has somewhat of that very melancholic, but simple, I guess minimalist is a good way to describe it. But I felt it was a very rich, rich story that I would recommend to pretty much anyone if if you were to want to see it first cow it's it's worth checking out and I know it's not going to be the biggest release that comes out this weekend because there's a lot of other big releases mm. but first cow is is great I think people should should give it a shot um more people should see first cow even if you saw the interview and I think the not out of context but sort of blown up quote where it was like she's fighting with Quentin Tarantino this is this is a good movie and you would be missing out of seeing it. Don't, don't be angry. Cause I think there was some review bombing going on, on rotten tomatoes mm. from users because people got mad, but she's allowed to have her different opinion. And I think this is a very unique story that, that people should see and that you would gain something from experiencing, even if you've seen none of her films or all of her films, it's, it's good. Uh, I'll yeah. stop gushing, but no,
1: that, that sounds great. You totally sold it. Um, that's a shame about all the film bros. Um, but... I know.
0: I I don't want to speculate too much because I think there are people that can maybe push back and defend Tarantino movies. Even if I wasn't as big a fan of um, Once Upon in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it is kind of meant to be a fantasy of macho men. Yeah. Whether you think it supports that or is like indulging in that is up to you. First mm-hmm. Cow is much more authentic people, where it's like people that you would know and there's there's a great scene where cookie comes into a bar and Mm -hmm. and he like runs into king lou there but then like the rest of the men go outside and just get in this brawl and it's like kind of silly and over the top and to me to me works because then it's like what are they doing and Cookie and king lou are just like chilling and hanging out and being like yeah (laughs) what are they doing out there i don't even know and that that's what i really liked about it um it's just the little moments that they have as characters that feel very compassionate and humanist towards them that yeah. really care about them and really get to know them and love them. Which is,
1: Yeah. I which think is, that's what I would have said for certain women. Like yeah. you're talking about these little human moments for mm-hmm. sure.
0: Yeah. Speaking of little human moments, there's another movie I want to talk about briefly. that's coming out this weekend. It's called Relic. And it's a horror movie, and I don't want to say a lot about it, but I would say it's really, really good. I wrote about it for Scratch Cinema and compared it a little bit to The Babadook, but I think it's more of a spiritual successor to that still does its own thing. It's not exactly the same, and it's still very unique. But essentially, it tells the story of three generations, a grandmother, a mother, and a daughter, who are all in the same house after the grandmother had disappeared. And upon suddenly returning is not herself herself, it's beginning to have real struggles with her mental health, seems to be in a very serious cognitive decline, and it's the mother and daughter figuring out how to deal with it and how that manifests itself is really interesting. That it's a first-time directorial debut is fascinating, but it's really, really good. It stalls Emily Mortimer, if you don't know who she is. She's fantastic in it. I'm worried she's going to be one of those, uh, what is it, Niango, Nyong'o uh, snubs from the Oscars where she was in a horror movie but then because the Oscars don't like horror she doesn't get as much attention as she honestly should because she's really fantastic um but yeah it's it's really good it has a little moment towards the end where it gets a little lost ironically as they too get lost in the house but it's still really really fantastic um I'd recommend seeing it it's it's a big weekend for movies because then there's also the old guard that comes out on netflix it's from the same director of love and basketball way back when but this is completely different it's an action movie that's really really fantastic really really interesting um kind of a little bit messy and all over the place but the concept is is fun they don't do everything they potentially could with it but it's still still a good time probably on the lower end of ones i would recommend if you're have a gluttony of movies coming out as we do this weekend, but I would still say it's a fun time. Might not rewatch because there's long drags in the middle kind of where it goes on for too long, but some of the action sequences, specifically the end, are really good. Charlize Theron is great. She's always good. Whether it's Atomic Blonde, which is getting a sequel now, or Mad Max, this is not quite as good as some of those sort of action-based movies, but it's still still really good. Um, And the last one I was just going to mention was Palm Springs, which is a time loop type movie via Groundhog Day or Russian Doll, even though I think Russian Doll has done it as best as anything can do it. Palm Springs is still a lot of fun. It's goofy. It's silly. It's a romantic comedy and kind of loses its steam a little bit in the middle and doesn't expose some interesting things about the characters that I kind of was hoping it would, but it still wraps itself up well. Still doesn't waste any time getting into the fun because we all have seen these movies before and really, really does a good job with what it has. Andy Samberg is great. Yeah, it's it's a good time. I I would recommend it as well. There's there's a lot of good movies coming out. Um, you can also check out an interview I did with the director for Cow*, Kelly Reichard, as we wrap up this discussion. Um, I'll put a link in the description as well. But yeah, she was really, really great to talk to that I did for more of my full-time job. Well, I think, I think that about does it. Did you have any sort of closing thoughts or, or anything before we close out or things you're working on you want to point people towards?
1: Um, not yet. Uh, I'm still doing my accessibility campaign that we talked about last time. Yeah. I'm getting my website kind of revamped so that people can kind of find out more information there. Um. No, I'm just yeah. If anyone wants to give me a job, then
0: <laughs> that's always good. you know
1: recent law graduate here.
0: <laughs> so both stay tuned to some of the stuff you're working on, and also get in touch with you. What what's where are you on Twitter, or where should people get a hold of you?
1: Um, so I have a website called CaptainCaptions.com. dot com, mm-hmm. and then Twitter is a little outlook
0: awesome and of course you'll be on scratch cinema doing things here and there Yep,
1: i'll be here uh, well, yeah. so if anyone has any like suggestions or feedback then feel free to contact us we always love to hear new ideas
0: yeah well thank you so much for joining us once again i really appreciate it. this was a really good time
1: yeah it's awesome i yeah i had fun and it was fun to discuss kelly and not richard kelly so <laughs>
0: Always a good, good transition um, <laughs> to to move from one completely different person. To...
1: I know it's so embarrassing. <laughs> no,
0: it's good. <laughs> um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening and joining us. Um, we hope you have a good rest of your day, good rest of your weekend, and stay safe out there. Bye, everybody.